Welcome to another week of Mad Femmes, where we will be discussing week eight of Mad Men season five. Smog emergency. The air is toxic. Things are getting crazy. Where is the season going from here? I am Brandy Sperry in Seattle. I'm Shannon Bowen in Oakland. And I am Teresa Schechter, currently in Istanbul, Turkey. So we start this episode, and it seems that Dawn uh, is a little shaken by the fact that the only thing worthy of putting in, I guess, the firm portfolio that they're putting together uh, that came from him is that letter to the tobacco companies, which is over a year old. Whoops. Someone hasn't done shit in the last year. And Joan is very encouraging, but uh, Joan being encouraging is sometimes, uh, I feel like, makes people even more shamed that they've not lived up to her expectations in the first place, right? Disappointing your mom or something. Joan is just so lovely with everyone. She's just She just knows exactly what to say in that office, I think. Um, but I, I still feel I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to my weird Joan Don chemistry thing, because I just feel like whenever they talk to each other, there's this weird like thing going on between them. But it could just be Joan because Joan is just so good at manipulating everybody in a in a, in a lovely way. So maybe it's just her Joan. Thing. Yeah, it's true. Joan has chemistry with the copier, so it's kind <laughs> of. You know, it could just be that. So then Dawn goes into the office on a Saturday, and the, the thing that eventually gets him his brain going is coming across Ginsburg's portfolio of ideas. And for a second there, I thought they were going to do something dumb, like have him steal one, which how would you possibly get away with that? Luckily, they didn't quite go there. Instead, he just came up with a pretty good idea and then threw Ginsburg's idea away. Um, why was Don going into the office? Was it because he felt like he hadn't been doing any good work? And I have no idea, because no one else was there. His kids were over, but he didn't seem like he was trying to get away from them. I don't know. It's just trying to kickstart himself, I guess. But then he just sat there for a while until the Ginsburg inspiration struck. Yeah, it was pretty low. I mean... I feel like we're really losing sight of our main character. I'm just not really sure what I'm supposed to be feeling for Don. I'm just finding that I'm getting tired of him. And this is like a new low for him. Because I think despite everything, we've been like, oh, but he's such a creative genius. He's so fun to watch make, you know, make all this, you know, awesome advertising ads and pitches and stuff. And now he doesn't even have that. It's kind of like, why do I even like this character? He well, I think if we want to jump ahead, I mean, I, <laughs> I do think I like the reappearance of Nasty Don. I really love, like him saying to Ginsburg, "I hardly ever think about you," you know. Um, yeah, I thought that elevator scene was one of the strongest in the episode for sure. I mean, I remember when Don was was a total asshole to people. I also know that there have been creative meetings where Don has listened to all these ideas, basically said, these are all shit. Okay. This is what we're going to do. And just basically gave them an idea to go work on. So he's, he's done this before. He's been the arbiter of, of, you know, what they're going to do and what is a good or bad idea. I think in this case, it's just the, I, I just think that it's weird, like passive aggressive to leave someone's artwork in a car Instead of just saying, we're going with this idea, not yours. The 
firm has shifted from one where creative rules all to one where accounts is kind of in charge. So, because I was kind of like, since when do they bring all the accounts guys in to look at, at all the things and say what they think about them before they're going to even pitch it to the client, you know? So it was weird to see, you know, Don, who's supposed to be the boss, having to justify his idea to anyone but himself or the client. That's a really good point, actually. Accounts has become so much more powerful and has had so much more say. And even the attitude of, like, who cares whose idea or what idea it was? We sold it. Isn't it about just selling an idea? You're right. There's this sort of accounts ascendancy and a creative sort of... I don't know. I think Ginsburg's ideas are great, I gotta say. <laughs> I've definitely been convinced that he's talented. Um, yeah, his bus idea? That's great. That was really great. I think that that is an actual... There, there was a, It's an actual ad campaign. Um, it sounded really familiar to me, and I can't figure out... Did any of the blogs mention it? Like, that was an ad campaign that somebody had, like, for beer or something? But it's brilliant. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, it's yeah. a great idea. So I'm like, sold, sold. You know, Don goes into Ginsburg's office, and he opens a folder that just says, shit, I gotta do. You know, <laughs> something he wasn't even really thinking about. And there's a better idea in there than Don, you know, talking to himself, trying to come up with a better idea. And even through all that, his idea isn't even as good as Ginsburg's half-hearted attempt to really show that, you know, Ginsburg is more talented. Yeah, and they underscore that in the scene where he's pitching it to Peggy and Stan um, and Don, and he just throws in an idea about hitting a pig with a snowball, and they don't even know why it's so funny, which is, you know, that he's a natural is all that that says, is I don't even know why it's so good, I just know it's good. I don't know, I'm, I'm curious to see what else he can come up with that is really something that someone came up with in the 60s that they found in the files. But that's okay. It's new to me. New to me. <laughs> um, well, I also think it's interesting that he doesn't take Don's shit. I mean, so many people walk around intimidated by Don, even Peggy most of the time. But he, you know, Ginsburg calls him out on it, and it's just like he's, he's coming after him, and that is ballsy. Meanwhile, Peggy goes after Roger, and it's like, your beef isn't with Roger. What is this scene? You're not being professional. You told, I mean, this goes back to losing it in the Heinz pitch. She's forgotten how to be professional, and she's taking things personally. I mean, she's always kind of taken things personally, but not to the degree where she was going to lash out like this. Yeah, I'm just having a hard time with Peggy this season. Yeah, it's it's this further marginalization of Peggy. Um that she just sort of, she seems to be working all the time, coming up with nothing interesting at all. She's, she seems to be a you know good sport about everybody else's successes, I guess. Uh, but Yeah, Peggy is not even going home to the boyfriend she just moved in with, which isn't even like a domestic thing, like work less, because part of Abe's pitch was, we're both going to be working on stuff, why not work on it in the same place where we can at least break for dinner, you know? And... The idea that she came up with for the snowball campaign was absolute crap. I mean, she's basically saying 25% of people will think about snowball and the rest will prefer water. I mean, that's that's not a good idea. I don't know. We need a we need maybe she should do some LSD. Like, come on, let's let's get. <laughs> 
I thought that was very perceptive of you analyzing her idea that way. I think you should be creative director of Sterling Cooper, <laughs> Draper Price. Yeah, I just feel that Peggy and Don are experiencing the same stagnation. I feel I'm just not sure where they're going with this. I mean, I feel like ever all these other characters are experiencing catharsis except them. Maybe she does need LSD. I don't know. Maybe they need better writing. There were a lot of really heavy-handed moments in this episode. Yeah, I, I'm really sick of blaming the characters for shit that's just bad writing. Just plain bad writing, plain inconsistent characters coming out of nowhere. It's not that Don is confused or Peggy is weird. It's that it's the show is, is not being written well. I'm sorry. I'm so frustrated with this. It's a long season, so... Hopefully the next one will be more the usual excitement. Am I being too hard on them? Oh, I don't I don't think you're being too hard on them. I mean, that Dark Shadows reading scene, even if the Dark Shadows movie hadn't just come out, for Christ's sake, um, which they had to have known was on the horizon when they did this, it was just, it was a really hit-you-over-the-head cultural timely reference when a lot of times they're better about those things, integrating them seamlessly. And and Megan was really unpleasant in a way that she has not been before, I feel like. It seemed very out of character for her. Um, I get the insecurity issue of it, but just snarking on stuff? Since when does Megan snark on stuff all the time? Well, we haven't really seen her with her friends, actually. That's true. So I don't know whether that's just her dynamic with her friends or if there's just some new tension with her friends because she's now, you know, living on Park Avenue. Um, well, that could be a really interesting theme, but they sort of tried to raise it and resolve it in one scene, you know. And I would rather see her out and about trying to hang out with her friends and see what the dynamics actually are before we get a confrontation scene about her all of a sudden being rich, you know, we have no investment in this character. We've never seen her before. And she's the one calling Megan out on having jumped classes. It's not good storytelling. Was she at the party? Wasn't she her friend at the party? Who said, oh, Megan's a really good actress, which is when I thought she was referring to her being a prostitute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the like super fashionable one. Maybe you're right. Maybe we have seen her before. I think it's her. Yeah. But I felt that that conversation didn't tell us anything new. We already know she's She's, you know, jumped ship and she's, you know, now super rich and obviously enjoying it. But I think you're right, Brandy. It would have been more interesting to see how money changes your friendship. Did you guys get how Megan is hosting all of her friends for Thanksgiving? If you're going to make an episode about Thanksgiving, why make it a throwaway? I mean, I feel like they mention it's Thanksgiving and then we see, you know, Betty, but it's like Thanksgiving's an afterthought. I thought that was strange. It was strange. And, and do you remember the last Thanksgiving we saw where, where Betty was with her kids with Henry's family and it was such a great scene because her kids were acting out and Henry's mom is all like giving them the stink eye and it was it was fantastic why aren't they with Henry's mom what what's the deal why are they eating alone on Thanksgiving still laid up with a broken ankle or something I don't know she has servants (laughs) uh yeah it was weird that they weren't doing a bigger family thing um and that scene was again like so heavy-handed. Betty, I'm pretty sure you can have more than one Brussels sprout. Like, it'll be fine. <laughs> and, and her thing that she was thankful for was so on the nose, you know. I'm uh, I'm thankful for 
not wanting anything and, and being better than everybody else, basically. <laughs> I don't know. I cringed a little. And I was getting irritated in this episode because I was like, I don't know if I'm I'm just getting used to seeing her like that or something, which is totally dumb, or if the makeup was better in this episode. But she looks fine. Like, if they would just dress her better, she would look totally fine. Yeah, she's gorgeous. She is a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. And she's wearing these really frumpy, dumpy suits. And they're they're working really hard to make her look dumpy. And it and, and she's just too beautiful. To, you know, she's the most gorgeous woman in that Weight Watchers room, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, I feel like all I do is rag about this episode, but I loved the Weight Watchers scenes. I just loved them. And I don't know if it's because I went to Weight Watchers in my 20s and I can totally relate to that. Weight Watchers dynamic, but I thought those scenes were fantastic, and I really liked the Weight Watchers leader. I thought she was pretty cool. She's like the coolest Weight Watchers leader I ever saw. <laughs> mine weren't weren't like mine weren't speaking in such grand philosophical terms. I like that. Yeah, and I like the way that it continued this through line theme that we've had since season one of Betty. Betty needs therapy, and she needs a community, and she hasn't really been able to have it, but she finds these little pockets of it sometimes, like with Glenn, of all people, or with Sally's child therapist, or, and now this Weight Watchers meeting is basically a, a support group for insecure women, which is what Betty has needed all along. I thought, yeah, they were good scenes. The other way that Betty has sought therapy is through the horseback riding of season two. Oh, right good point yeah so each season i feel like explores another inappropriate way (laughs) for her to find someone to listen to i mean she's one of the loneliest characters i've ever seen on any show yeah i have a lot of compassion for her even when she's being awful because yeah it's hard to deal with that level of loneliness definitely and that moment when she walked into megan and don's apartment and seeing this life that she wished she had. I mean, it just brought me back to the Italy episode when she was at the top of her game. And it's like, she is an ad for birth control. If this woman wasn't forced (laughs) to have these children, she probably wouldn't be so unhappy. She would have been able to get to live a glamorous life like she always wanted, but she's just got stuck. All right. Should we talk about Sally? Sally is a brat in this episode. (laughs) Where did all that come from? Suddenly she's like the biggest brat and she's talking back in language that I don't know where she got from. Yeah, it was kind of sassy like Betty can sometimes be, but not really lines that she would have actually picked up from her. Uh, I don't know. I thought you were my friend, like that kind of thing. I don't know. I thought you were my friend and what is it like you're just digging yourself deeper? I think she said. She does watch a lot of TV. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. On a lot of the blogs I read, they were like, this is the worst thing Betty has ever done, you know, with the Anna bomb. And I, I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad. I expected her to do this at some point. I mean, she doesn't have many, you know, weapons to hurl at Megan and Don. And, you know, I sense her envy and her pain and. I don't know. It just felt expected. I didn't feel... I think some of the other stuff she's done is much worse. I don't think it was that bad of a thing to do either because, frankly, uh, Don shouldn't be making the same mistake of not telling Megan the truth. So if he had 
not told her about Anna and everything, then he kind of deserves it. I think that Betty can't believe that he's changed, though, because he would never change for her. Right. That's probably the most hurtful yeah. thing, that he's just acting differently with, with, uh, with Megan. He's just treating her completely differently. He's being honest with her. He's leaving her love notes for crying out loud. I think that was the worst thing for her, was finding that love note. Here's what I, I don't understand is in, in an episode where Betty has some actually pretty good insights because of what she's hearing in Weight Watchers, I guess, and she's like being so sweet with Henry. And then in the very same episode, she's having all these bitch attacks towards Sally. That feels realistic. Does it? I don't know. She can be really sweet and attentive very rarely. Just this episode really reminded me of the Italy episode of just this whole life that was promised to her that she never got. Do you think she should have been like like Jane Siegel Sterling? Yeah. I mean, I think that she she wanted to be that pretty girl about town. I think, you know, you saw it all over her face when she went into Megan's apartment. And she she just got dumped in the suburbs in Connecticut with babies and a cheating husband. Yeah, because someone told her that's what she should do. I mean, mm-hmm. well, in Austin, up in New York State, but whatever. Oh, sorry. I don't know. I think that I think that the Campbells are in Connecticut. Just to be really nitpicky about that. <laughs> okay, what did we like? Because we're, <laughs> we're so ragging on this. I liked Stan's line to Ginsburg when he was being all gloaty. And uh, Stan says, you should read the rest of that poem, you boob. I, just, I feel like there's more to Stan than meets the eye. I found the Percy Shelley poem that he was quoting from. And basically the next line of look on my work, see mighty in despair is nothing beside remains around the decay of that colossal wreck. So basically those things did not endure at all. And also interesting that it's Percy Shelley, who of course had a much more famous wife who eclipsed him in the, at least in the, in terms of history and who knows who Mary Shelley is versus Percy Shelley. Hmm. Interesting. And interesting that Stan knows that. Oh, he's a secret English major. He's got to be. Maybe we have another Ken on our hands. He goes home and writes poetry at night. (laughs) In his underwear. That's hot. That's hot. (laughs) No death references this this, uh, episode. Except toxic smog. I mean, the theme was envy. You know, everybody was envious of something in this episode. I mean, I don't know. Part of me, literary me, likes how everything's been like the woman episode, the men episode, the family episode, the envy episode. But this time it felt a little trite. It was, I don't know. I felt the whole episode was kind of trite. I'm just, I'm ready to, things started to build and now they're backing off. And, you know, we don't have that many more episodes left in the season. It's like, let's get back to that build. I think they're going to need a killer final episode like they did when they completely dissolved Sterling Cooper at the end of that season. That made up for what I thought was a not greatest season. That last episode pretty much made me forgive them everything because it was such an amazing episode. So I'm looking for that. So that wraps up another week of Mad Men. We remain hopeful for the final episodes of the season, but we would really like to... Just see things stepped up a little bit. Um, You can listen to our other episodes on iTunes or at 
madfems.tumblr.com. You can follow us on Facebook. And you can find us on Twitter at mad underscore fem. Thanks for listening. Welcome, sulfur dioxide. Hello, carbon monoxide.
I'd like to see him and Ginsburg be working on a project and they have to be there all night, you know, and break through to the good idea. And, you know, and usually in those type of scenes, we get a little, we get to know more about them. Remember that scene in the hotel room with Peggy and Stan and she totally called him on his weird Swedish nudist fetish? I, I want a scene like that with him and Ginsburg or Peggy with all three of them. I don't know. And they're all in their underwear? Yeah, they're all in their underwear. <laughs> That's what I want. Getting kind of pervy. Gosh. <laughs> Last episode, you're you're hungry for blood. This episode, you're hungry for sex. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't mention this earlier, but when Don goes in for the on Saturday or whenever that was to work, those slacks of his, they're very tailored. I noticed it. I watch it with my friend, Kristen. Hey, Kristen. And... Um, and there he is in the office standing up in his slacks. And I'm like, oh, my God, those slacks are very <laughs> tightly tailored. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. No, but I think especially in the 70s, I like 70s pants on men. Like they actually like looked good on them and they kind of, you know, had shape. Yeah, those those pants look good on him. I thought he looked really pretty hot. Gotta say. 